0: Murders was being wrote. She did that shit. Thank Ko- Kojak. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good detectives. Dick Tracy. Damn. I would have chosen a better name, but yeah.
1: It was Dick Tracing.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was a weird method, a weird approach <laughs> to finding, you know, clues and stuff. Hey, uh, but. uh
1: excuse me, Richard? Dick, please. Yeah, please call me Dick. Please. Well, okay, uh, Dick, most people uh, do the entire chalk outline, not just the dick. D-
0: you know how hard this is. <laughs> Literally.
1: And I'm Trying we're to back. get this
0: done.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the fact that when I get ready to speak, you have to turn your head and scoff.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. In my head was just picturing a guy. Doing just a dick chalk outline instead of the (laughs) whole body.
0: Instead of the whole body. As soon as he said it, I was like, I got the mental image of somebody (laughs) just like (laughs) doing part of an outline of like the whole body. It's just like, could be just the whole body. (laughs) And he's
1: like, my work here is done. Body outline guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, bud. You're (laughs) up. See you at the next uh, work site, buddy. All right.
2: And there are first responders <laughs> yeah. as the other guy to outline the rest comes in that are just nodding. And they're like, man, he's the best in the biz.
0: <laughs> Damn. He knows his stuff.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not encouraging you. <laughs>
0: well, they do the Back body outline first. And like, hey, Benny, get in here. <laughs> we need that dick outline. <laughs>
1: staff." <Steph." laughs>
0: My God, it's like it's like watching Picasso, <laughs> all misshapen and crazy looking. <laughs> I probably should have gone with Van Gogh or somebody different, but. Uh.
2: Welcome back to Dragons Drink Bourbon. I'm Cletus. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm Miles. Why am I here? Who who am I here for?
1: Without you, there is no story. Yeah. Therefore, nobody to interrupt.
2: There's just this like small crowd of Ella haters. They're like, "Oh, I
0: came here for the men." <laughs> well, who are you?
2: I'm Ella. Thank you. There, there's your for our listeners.
0: Now you know who we are.
2: Mm. What are we drinking today, Miles?
0: Mm -mm, Mm-mm, mm-mm, good. Yes. So today's drink is a variation on one of our favorites here at DDD. Oh, wow. Cut that. (laughs) DDB podcast. Um, Here at DDP. (laughs) Bang.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hadn't even got past the intro. Not yet. Sorry.
0: No, all good. Um, So, we love a smoked old-fashioned here. Um, When made properly, quite delicious. But today, there's a slight twist on it. We've made raspberry smoked old-fashions. And I got to say, these things are pretty delicious today. The, The blend between the smoke and the raspberry, not too sweet, not too strong. Very, very enjoyable.
2: Just right. We haven't done that story yet, and we're not gonna today. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I actually I asked for Miles' help making this drink because it is supposed to have a kind of like purple hue, which one of them kind of does, and that will be significant to some people out in the world at some point, but probably not to you two. I'll explain it later. I promise.
0: Power Rangers.
2: But just... And there was no Purple Ranger. Yet. Just just for the listeners, smoking and purple. Just keep those in mind. But purple Haze, yes. Jimi Hendrix, yep. 1971.
0: Yep. That's not when it came out. Don't mind me.
2: Podcast just turns into music history. <laughs> right.
0: Incorrect music history.
2: Yeah. So, this... Idea that I've had, I've wanted to do since we knew we were doing a podcast, and I realized that October would eventually happen and spooky season, which is my favorite season. <laughs> basic, witch. Yeah.
0: yeah, basic witch.
2: But um, if it doesn't go well, I don't want to know because I'll be devastated. So we're all just going to pretend it's going really well.
0: When do our episodes? And well, we're off go
2: to a well. strong start.
0: Yeah, yeah, and a strong drink. A <laughs>
2: my favorite mediums for horror tend to be video games
0: what about your favorite larges
2: or Or smalls Smalls. yeah yeah i'm gonna eat my cheerios
0: you're killing me smalls. i
1: was gonna say that too
0: great minds drink alike
2: my deep exasperated inhale would be more effective if it didn't squeak on the way because right. the sun. <laughs> it's, the,
1: it's it's the nose it's, ring it's, it's Whee! I thought you couldn't whistle <laughs>
0: inhales a cheerio <laughs> it's a cheerio side note we're also um, eating cheerios <laughs> <laughs> as we do this podcast because They're delicious. Featured snack. And it's pretty much the featured snack. So sponsor us. General Mills.
1: You bunch of bastards. That's how you get sponsors. You got to be assertive. Yes.
0: You know you like it. General Mills.
1: Who's your dragon?
0: (laughs)
2: Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you like
0: that. You're a dirty General Mills, aren't you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... My favorite mediums for horror tend to be video games. By that, I mean I enjoy watching grown men scream like little girls while they play video games. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I also scream like a little girl, but it's far less entertaining and charismatic. And you are a girl.
0: Or maybe it's just grown men lifting heavy things.
2: (laughs) That's not the Let's Play video I watch, but to each their own.
0: Those controllers can be pretty heavy.
2: Yeah. So one of the intentions I always had for our October recording extravaganza was to cover some horror video game lore, because that shit can get deep. And what with a live-action film all set to release at the end of the month and all, mm. why not Five Nights at Freddy's?
1: Mm. Nicholas Cage was in a spoof movie of that called uh, Willie's Wonderland. And it was fucking amazing. I mean, it was comical, but it was fucking amazing. True.
2: So I have a disclaimer, very important. I am sharing this story the best I can based on what very few details the series creator Scott Coffin has actually confirmed, as well as timelines and details proposed by much more intelligent theorists and sleuthers than I am. Me. Me. Not likely. <laughs> because of the nature of the series, a lot of this is going to be strictly theory and it could be disproven by series editions later. Seriously, on the FNAF fandom wiki, someone compiled 55 different user proposed timelines. We're doing one. <laughs> Also, we neither have the time nor do I trust either of you to be patient enough to tear apart every individual game and all their hidden secrets. This is purely just lore. We're not like arguing to prove or disprove anything.
0: Speak for yourself, sister.
1: I don't even know who Freddie
2: is. You will.
0: There were five nights at his establishment.
1: Connigate nights are like nights.
0: Like cannigot nights. Wait, no, evenings. 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 Yeah.
1: We're off to a good start.
0: Yeah.
2: That all said, um, I obviously still think this would be fun or we wouldn't be doing it. We will also not be addressing the 2021 real world controversy because we can't without getting into background politics. And this is a space for storytelling. And those politics are not a part of the story.
0: Vote Tam and a.
2: I will say as a person with thoughts and feelings and opinions that I think cancel culture is toxic. That's my hot take. Do your own research and don't let people tell you how to think or feel.
0: Don't you tell Including me. Including us. Or
1: feel. Yeah.
2: I'm telling you to feel nothing. <laughs> I will quote journalist Eric Kane though. There's a fine line between political awareness <clears throat> and an unhealthy obsession with politics.
0: So- yeah, yeah.
2: Moving the fuck on from that. Um, I know that neither of you have personally played any of these games, the Five Nights at Freddy's games. Um, um, I have, but okay. Have you? I have. Actually? <laughs> yeah. I thought you told me before you didn't.
0: Maybe I'd played them since then. Oh, maybe. Yeah.
2: Well, I didn't follow up.
0: I know. Yeah. Shame <laughs> on you. <laughs>
1: Well, you didn't bring it up either. You didn't say, oh, by the way, I played Five Nights at Freddy's.
0: Yeah, shame on you for not reminding me to bring that up.
1: He didn't play it. He's just, he didn't play it. I did play it. He doesn't even have any thumbs. (laughs) I almost only had one.
0: I was about to say, that's you. (laughs) Don't confuse us.
1: (laughs) Happens all the time. I get startled when I look in the mirror.
2: I was like, holy shit. Oh, yeah. I'm Cletus. So, scratching out, I know neither of you have played these. How familiar <laughs> are you guys with this series? Not at all.
1: Like,
0: minimally familiar. Okay.
1: I know the cover had a bear. Mm-hmm. Like a teddy bear. Kind of. It looked like Teddy Ruxpin, Kind of. Except a lot more evil and brown. What's that supposed to mean? Well, Teddy Ruxpin was like blonde. Mm. Fair. Okay. He was master bear. <laughs> Excuse me?
0: <laughs> I don't know if I like this
2: <laughs> We thought he was stepping out of the hole, but really he was flinging himself hard back into the bottom of
0: it. <laughs> out of that frying pan, straight into that fire. <laughs>
2: All right, so we're going to pause because I'm going to warm the guys up with a Markiplier FNAF reaction compilation. What? Please hold. Well, we finished our our compilation, and, you know, Cletus understands the whole series now.
1: I do. I do. I understand everything about it. You're locked in rooms with animatronic stuffed animals that attack you for no reason.
0: Yep. Just like your childhood, all over again. Mm -hmm.
2: So, quick background. The main series consists of um, seven or eight main titles now, depending on how you classify main versus spinoff. Soon to be nine games total, and direct association or connection to a family pizza restaurant franchise named Freddy Fazbear's Pizza.
1: So, why did the guy go back nine times? Different, different guys.
0: Mm. Every time. Yeah.
2: I'll explain a
1: little bit as we get through the lore. So, it's basically a Chuck E. Cheese with murderous mascots. Uh,
0: uh, cut that, cut that. And uh, Chuck E. Cheese sponsor us.
1: Why do we have to cut it?
0: Keep that, keep that. Chuck E. Cheese still sponsor.
2: So, the main mascot. Is unsurprisingly the animatronic Freddy Fazbear. Surprise. In, the name.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: in most games, you, the player, are a nighttime employee, usually a security guard, mm-hmm. especially with the first sets, yes. with very limited and largely ineffective tools to ward off vicious animatronic characters who wander the locations with a disconcerting amount of murderous sentience at night.
0: And very little common sense also.
1: Why does a pizza joint need nighttime security? Who's trying to steal anything from there?
0: Um, who isn't? Have you been to a Chuck E. Cheese?
1: Yeah, they have gone downhill. Mm. My uh, nephew's kids had a party there mm-hmm. like two weeks ago. And they don't even have hardly any rides. They don't have any, like, they got no more animatronics, I guess, because they were killing people at night, apparently.
0: Yeah. Because all the guards stopped, you know, working. I there. guess so. What was the other one? Like, Party Time or Pizza Time? Discovery Zone. Discovery, maybe. was. It
1: had zone. no animatronics. It was just a lot better.
0: No. Okay, well, there was another one that had animatronics, but they weren't, like.
1: Bucko Billy's?
0: That's got to be it. That's got to be it.
1: Well, it was.
2: <laughs> so the lore in these games, it's all like gradually revealed through like voice recordings, like the instructions left by your offsite trainer or mentor, uh, mini games, bonus cutscenes, even like old teasers on Cawthon's own website. And, like, various other Easter eggs um, that you can unlock in the games and little posters laying around, newspaper clippings and stuff like that. Aside from the main titles, there are spinoff games, a novel series, an anthology series, and, like, little lore guidebooks and stuff. So lot, lots of material. And for your, like, perspective, especially because um, the compilation I showed you – The first Five Nights at Freddy's game released in August of 2014. It went viral. And a lot of credit for this is given to popular YouTubers picking up the game and causing like an internet sensation. And the sequels were released super quickly. So Five Nights at Freddy's 2 came out in the same year, just a few months later. And then three and the first book came out in 2015 and it just like kept going like that so um, the most recent game came out in 2021 though and then the anthologies themselves added a ton to the lore on top of it Mm. so let's get into the actual details in the story and just for everyone's reference um, I've been using the timeline of Reddit users, uh, one of which was um, shocklord216. sounded like you
1: went Russian there from right. me. Did I? What? What one of One of I am Yosef One of one of itch. I
2: was like, what?
1: Where's your <laughs>
0: heart?
2: Um, I also referenced the FNAF fandom wiki and the YouTuber MatPat. And uh, there were a couple others that I originally had listed here, but I ended up getting deeper into their timelines and not agreeing with it. So I ended up striking them. But
1: get good.
2: Yeah. Basically, as I said, Sleuther's more intelligent than I.
0: Uh, are you talking about the boxcar children? Because they were intelligent. As they heavy. were. Yeah. Uh, Benny was oh my, my favorite
1: because he had the crack cut and he was the youngest. And Henry I was, was really little.
0: I felt like he had the most common sense mm. out of I, all the children.
1: I only remember Benny. I even had a dog named after the kid.
0: Uh, there was Henry, The oldest. There was Jesse, the oldest girl. There was Violet, the youngest girl child. And then there was Benny, the youngest boy child. And then there was a grandfather there. And
1: they lived in a train car.
0: They lived in a train car. And they were on top of that sleuthing. So I wouldn't doubt that they looked up this information that Ella is referring to.
1: Or the Hardy Boys. (laughs)
0: They had their own theme song. It was a whole thing. Amazing detectives, though.
1: Oh, I got a raging clue.
0: (laughs) But I digress. Please, continue. Oh, Nancy Drew. I forgot about Nancy (laughs) Drew. Okay. She was, oh, man.
2: You remember the Hardy Boys, but you forgot Nancy Drew?
0: Well, yeah, in the moment. And then there was murder she wrote. Mm, she was good. She'd be writing them murders. She wrote the shit out of them murders. So what we're going to do here, as we said earlier, we made smoked old fashions. We're going to continue the story. For you people at home and i guess it hit for our us mics too.
2: 15
1: times in the I was process never, yeah i did this at the same time you did that and i was like that's why i did right. it the second time yeah. and i was like was that my phone <laughs> was that, that was weird
0: that's right <laughs> let me keep slamming shit as miles is talking <laughs> <laughs> bam. we're gonna keep bam, bam, bam. <laughs> but we're gonna make some more drinks um smoked old fashions they're amazing smoked raspberry old fashions to be precise and um I'll All take my neat this, this time. No mm, ice. No ice. Look at you. You can't look at him. It's uh, It's audio.
1: I can't look at me either. It's, it's fucking horrendous. Well, that's personal.
2: While well, Miles makes us a new drink in the background. Smoking because it Because on this end of the recording, it has been 40 minutes. So <laughs> we drank our first drink. All right. The very first part of our journey was actually revealed in the most recent game, subtitled Security Breach, which I'm mostly sharing just so that you understand how widely theories and timelines can change with the release of a new title in the series. So it started in 2014. Security Breach came out in 2021, and I'm getting the start of our story from that 2021 game. To put it into perspective, ignore the casual sound of fire. (laughs) by smoke, which we both predicted would happen. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't
0: we say
1: those is going to happen?
2: In our defense. <laughs> to be fair. So, I got most of this section um purely from MatPat, because I couldn't really find other sources on these more recent lore editions. So, wait.
1: <clears throat> so, there's like an actual timeline? It's not like just an anthology of
2: the timeline you have to Culminated piece together shit. with the overall theories Ovary so it's theory. sub subject to change cuz we're all subject to be proven wrong back in the 1930s during the suffering and struggles of the great depression people looked for distraction to relieve their woes i know
1: so I they did. took their children to murderous pizza
2: joints not yet oh However momentary. Let's <laughs> <laughs> my sentence. Um, one of these distractions in Utah was Fred Bear's Singin' Show. Singin', not singing. This was a family-friendly roadside attraction for food and general entertainment. And bonus, it was cheap. Fred Bear was most likely a living, breathing, trained dancing bear just cuz like that wasn't super uncommon at the time. Now, this part is like kind of very heavy theory portion, so I can't avoid mentioning two possibilities, but this is the only time I'm going to do this. So the singing show posters are easter eggs in that security breach game but they're dated back to a time so old that the titular human characters of the series could not have been adults involved in the show. So version a, a little boy named Billy was arguably most enchanted by this talented furry beast, Fredbear. Billy, a childish nickname for one William Afton. His musically driven show stayed with him and he dreamed of recreating that magic. And in an alternate version, Billy's family owned the sideshow or were directly involved in some way. So even in that version, his obsession remains the same. He's still like enchanted. He he wants to make this. He wants to enchant children with like this dancing animal thing. But Billy was a child. At the time, yes. In the 1930s, Billy oh, okay. would have been. Yeah. He
0: grew up, eventually.
2: As Billy grew up and ditched his childhood nickname, he was inspired to sew his own Fred Bear costume. In fact, William, the now adult with rough sewing abilities, <laughs> crafted costumes for Fred Bear, a cuddly golden bear, and a purple hat and matching bow tie. And the completely original character, Spring Bonnie, a giant yellow rabbit, also with a purple bow tie. William Afton played Spring Bonnie personally. The seams and stitching all showed, and William's work was arguably amateurish, but he was able to take these costumes onto a stage in a humble restaurant, Fredbear's, for singing and dancing, and the kids loved it.
0: They went nuts.
2: Enter stage left, a rival business, Chica's Party World, which would thrive over the following years. Now, Chica, oh, I'm sorry. Rewind a second. I I printed you guys out scripts, visual aids. Oh, so this is our Fred Bear and our Spring Bonnie.
0: Okay,
1: adorable.
0: I. <laughs> I feel very at peace and at home with these characters. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
2: Good, 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 good.
0: Good, 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 good.
2: Aw, oh, man! Okay, one of my pronouns is missing, which is a bummer. But anyway. Wait, I gotta make a different pronoun.
0: Okay, who is that?
2: Chica is a big old chick in a bib holding a terrifyingly faced cupcake in the games. So I'm assuming the Chica of Chica's party world looked the same.
0: Pause. I think it's very important to say when we reference a chick, we're talking about a chicken or a bird, not a female.
2: But also, it's a ladybird.
0: But still, a bird.
2: Ladybird! In addition to Chica, there's a magic elephant named Orville, Mm -hmm. and Mr. Hippo, armed with endless bad jokes... He's like us. I did note that Miles would love him.
0: He must have been on the original version of Dragon Drink Bourbon, the 1930s
1: version. <laughs> Mr. Hippo. When podcasts were just starting out. Yes.
2: Then there's a whole band to support Chica, featuring other members of the Mediocre Melodies, all with Southern style drawls and banjos and whatnot,
1: and kazoos.
2: Sure. Pig Patch. Happy frog and a brown bear join her on stage.
0: Excuse me.
2: The new restaurant actually made the animal characters come to life via robot technology. Animatronics. Yeah. Well, not quite there yet. Well, you said robots. I will... Isn't
1: that the same fucking thing? When
2: I get to the word animatronic later in my notes, I will define it and you will be like, oh, that's the difference then. Are you
1: sure? Are you sure I won't be like, oh, so it's just like a robot.
2: No. Anyway, the restaurant is very successful and the robots could talk and dance and move all on their own, though attached to external battery packs. The engineering mastermind behind these robots, Henry Emily. But that brown bear, he was named Ned Bear.
0: <laughs> oakley <Oakley-dugley. laughs>
2: It was a blatant ripoff. No coincidence whatsoever. Exactly. Though likely from orders higher up on the food chain than Henry, who wasn't really the thieving and malicious type. So at this point, William's own restaurant goes bankrupt, which sucks because these were his ideas, right? Right. But he simply can't compete.
1: So he offers a child sacrifice to Satan so that his animatronics would come to life and kill people. I got something to say. I'm going to no. shake up baby today.
2: <laughs> no, no, no no. <laughs> no, no.
1: Hail Satan, hail Satan. Hail Satan.
0: I missed that part of the video game. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I could have been late at night. I could have dozed off. Um, you know.
2: All right. Oh, shit. My drink is here.
0: Your drink been there.
2: <laughs> How exciting. Delivered. Our best guess is that Henry Emily personally swoops in to save William's butt by buying him out.
1: Dude got two first names and one one's a girl's name. <laughs> Hilarious.
2: The maturity. Just, that's what people come here for. <laughs>
1: that's what we're
0: all about.
2: The franchises combined the best of what they have to offer in 1979. So we're all good. We're keeping track.
0: I'm here. Okay. Yeah.
2: To the audience... If you don't follow any of this theory, you still have William and Henry opening up a Fred Bear's family diner together afterward. So just bear with me because that's where we are right now. Get it, Bear. <laughs> bear
0: with me. I got it.
2: Got oh, it. I didn't even do it on purpose.
0: Oh, but it was funny.
2: It would have been more fun if it was on purpose.
0: Well, to us it is. All right.
2: Freddy Fazbear's... Pe- mm. What? (laughs) I'll show you a fast bear. Okay, I didn't actually misspeak. It is
0: Freddy Fazbear is (laughs) Pete. And then you just cut off. All
2: right. Freddie Fazbear's Pizza is a humble franchise that began by joining their creative and scientifically bent minds, which could breathe life into William's childhood dream. They meet, develop new tech and designs for animatronic animal characters who can both be manipulated as robots or worn as mascot costumes by adults. They launch Fredbear's family diner with two primary mascots, Fredbear and Spring Bonnie.
1: Thus, the furry population was born. I was thinking it.
0: That's what I showed
2: you guys before.
0: I mean, you're not wrong.
1: Furries are fucked up. (laughs) So are they. Well, that's why I said that.
2: Yeah. But I mean, teach teach their own. Faz Nights at furries.
0: Yes. (laughs) Where's the heart?
2: So they're very successful. And William is learning how to make animatronics. He's learning science and engineering from Henry. It's great. So in 1983 a second, more ambitious restaurant opens and operates simultaneously with the diner. That is Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. Four of the most popular characters grace the stage. Freddy Fazbear, now a brown bear with a microphone. Hey, I to changed. get out my visual cue. Because he's different. That was Fredbear. This is Freddy Fazbear. I like the fox.
0: Was it different? Yes.
2: Bonnie yeah. the Blue Bunny... He plays guitar. Cheek of the chicken. The same one as before. And Foxy the pirate fox. Yep, with that's a, the one I like. He's like a big red fox with a hook hand and an eye patch. These are the first full-fledged animatronic characters, which are robotics that realistically imitate living things. Look how hyper-realistic <laughs> these are.
1: I see. Mm-hmm.
2: While the rest remain kind of mascot costume level in the beginning. And a combination of the two, via Henry and William patented Springlock tech... Mm technologically, Via Henry and William patented Springlock tech, combines the capabilities of both into one fluid, though dangerous, costume. So... In a spring lock costume, and this is important, the metal parts that make the suit function as an animatronic can basically be cranked back to make room for a human occupant, Mm -hmm. though it's extremely sensitive. So the slightest pressure or even like moisture on the mechanisms can reset the machine bits back into place, which crushes the person inside.
1: Why wouldn't they just make a second suit for
2: people?
0: No, no. high risk, high reward, that's why.
2: They combined
1: the two. This this admittedly was before OSHA and all of that and so
0: <laughs> they knew what they signed <laughs> what up for.
1: <laughs> because they had no safety guidelines. And no safety guidelines or worker rights?
2: I will say the safety guidelines printed in the restaurants I've worked at have not included spring lock technology. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, uh, the success just continues ramping up. They get their own cartoon show, their own merch, there are masks, there are magnets, there are soft stuffed toys. Soft stuffed toys. Words are hard. (laughs) Yeah stuffed animals they had stuffed fucking
1: animals <laughs> <laughs> uh, stuffed animals that you can
2: fuck no 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 very <laughs> stop but it is important to note that none of those hyper successful public characters at this point included william's emotional attachment character spring or golden bonnie Also, by this point in William's personal life, his success includes a family, his wife, Clara, and three children, Michael Afton, Evan Afton, and Elizabeth Afton. I don't know why I had to say the last name three times.
0: I was wondering.
2: I'm only now looking at it and going, Because they all
1: had the same baby daddy.
0: Mm. (laughs) Mm. Which is a luxury we can't afford these days. No shade.
2: (laughs) I'm going to mention the game.
0: Of Thrones. Sponsor us.
2: Wrong. No. In the context of this part of the lore, because they are kind of related and intertwined. All right. So this is where the, the first.
0: Furries come out.
2: Debate. Debacle happens. So. There are those who believed that the events of Five Nights at Freddy's Four took place later that same year in 1983. The background cutscenes do, the full game does not. And I will explain. But you play in this game as a child, a boy who is plagued by nightmarish versions of these popular animatronic characters of beloved Freddy Fazbear's Pizza and Diner. As the night wears on, the boy must hold his bedroom doors, he has one on either side of his room, firmly shut against the metallic visages of death. He has to spot danger creeping out from under the bed with his trusty flashlight, and he has to keep a killer robot firmly inside the closet like monster stories of old.
0: Is he just running back and forth from door to door? Since he has two doors. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Yeah,
2: kind of. And the closet door. And he has to turn back to the bed and like shine the flashlight. Well, why Mm. didn't he
1: just like lay the flashlight down on the ground aimed at the bed? Because then the battery would die.
2: Because kids are stupid.
1: I'm some shitty batteries. Right. I don't know if that's true. I don't think battery life was part of that game. <laughs> it was
0: the 80s. I mean, to be fair. It was
1: the 80s. Yeah, but they could have had the best batteries because there were no safety guidelines. <laughs> well, you're a nuclear-powered flashlight
2: today.
0: <laughs> Double-A batteries. Now with plutonium.
2: I'm moving on. Now, this young boy is decidedly not a fan of these hyper-popular characters. But who is he? Enter Afton's children. The youngest son, Evan, finds the animatronics thoroughly upsetting. The only exception seems to be a less intimidating, I guess, golden Fredbear plushie, which is convenient as his father, who is busier and busier with business matters at the restaurants, makes it a sort of nanny cam. His older brother, Michael, even wears a foxy mask to terrify him regularly.
0: What an a hole!
2: Arguably, not a great babysitter.
1: Well, if you're not terrifying children, then you're not babysitting properly. Or, nor are you being a good parent.
2: (laughs) I mean,
0: that argument can be made. Yes, yes.
1: Oh, so it's okay to lie to your kids, but it's not okay to terrify them. Yes. Well, then, in some people's eyes, then then I don't get parenting. I just don't understand. You can't shake them. You can't hit them. You can't scare them. Why does
2: anybody want one? And the truth of the matter is, Evan's already been tragically maimed by the time that we as players experienced the game.
1: Been maimed? Maimed, yes. Like lost a limb?
0: Lost a life. Or a thumb? (laughs) Lost a body. Lost a soul.
2: I don't know how to sum this up without just telling you what happened, so let me just get through this paragraph. So Evan's older brother, Michael, delightful little psychopath, and his friends often terrorize the boy, and they made no exception during his very own birthday party at Fred Bear's family diner. The bullies approach in character mass, Foxy, Chica, and Bonnie... As if it wasn't bad enough to have to spend your birthday around the things that frighten you because your papa owns the place. This small mob forces the youngest Afton child closer to Fredbear. So close that they leave his head in Fredbear's mouth. Oh. A harmless prank. Except. The
1: animatronic snaps because you said you can't put any pressure on it. Yeah,
2: the sensitive springlock mechanisms in the animatronic are set off as the boy frantically tries to wriggle free. The machine bites down with destructive force, mm. crushing the boy's head. Oh, I got something to say.
1: I crushed a skull today.
2: Evan dies later in his coma at the hospital.
1: Coma, 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 camille.
2: <laughs> you never come. You probably go. I was so mistaken. I was like, this will somber them. Once I reach the child death, and they'll the be like, oh. No. <laughs> no. So this jump started stricter security at both restaurants.
1: But it was his family that did it, right? Dressed up in the suits. So what's Not security the suits, gonna do? They just
2: put on like the little like popular suits. masks. They weren't wearing suits, just like oh, random yeah, merchandise. But it's still,
1: his family did it. The owners did it. So security going be do? that would be like, that'd do? be like you buying right.
2: a Linkin Park t shirt and hurting somebody and being like, "It's Linkin Park." <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> we need some more security. Here. <laughs> but you did it. Yeah. Let's... <laughs>
1: No, no, no. That's what that's what they want you to think. Right.
2: So one of Henry's creations that served this purpose of like stricter security was the puppet, an animatronic that swung around from the ceiling on rails. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was good. I was so good. What is so
2: funny? Right it's now? just on a I'm, pole.
0: It's gonna swing down from a pole. No,
2: on rails and strings. It just and like pole, moves like around the restaurant. No, that's not what I was thinking. I I'm was in just
0: in love th- with the puppet.
1: <laughs> no, I, that's not what I was thinking. I was just thinking it probably looked hilarious happening.
0: Okay. Oh, okay, that too.
2: Also, very safe for people to be sitting underneath. So the puppet kept children from wandering off where their parents couldn't find them. Mm. Okay,
0: solid argument. Doing the Lord's work.
2: Meanwhile, the springlock suits, the touchy invention that played such a large part in the tragedy, were locked away in the pizzeria location, so they were deemed too dangerous. No flaw with this plan so far. Evan is buried in the woods... Not far from the road his father drives daily to work. R.I.P. And if this isn't morbid enough.
1: They put a little cross right where he was. And a smiley face on it.
2: Both springlot suits do not sit as quietly in storage as we might assume. What? Evan's soul bonds with the very bot that bit him. Golden Freddy in the game, otherwise known as the original Fredbear.
1: Mm-mm. So he becomes
2: Freddy. Fred Bear. Freddy is the brown bear.
1: That's right. Well, which one's Fred Bear? The gold The bear. gold the golden oh. bear shower and
2: from the diner. Oh. No. <laughs> Not from the shower, from the diner. Master God bear. Master damn it. it.
0: <laughs> he smelled a little bit. Yeah. We're with you now.
2: Now, I called Michael a psychopath. But he was pretty torn up about his brother's death. He tried to apologize for the accident at the hospital, but I don't really think that Daddy Dearest forgave him. And going back to the game, it's tempting to assume that we play as Evan, living out this hellish version of limbo as he fights through his coma and ultimately loses the battle. But really, this is insight into the guilt and trauma of Michael, and no small part fueled by experiments of his father, William. Michael even sees a golden bear outside his windows and hallucinates plenty on his own. But William ends up experimenting with like sound and its influence on hallucinations. And that's suspicious enough to lend a more nefarious explanation to the events of this game. So basically, it's it's super So tempting. his father's kind of fucking with him? Yeah. Along
1: with his own psychological guilt and the bound soul of his brother?
2: Yeah, and it's, mm. it kind of sets itself up so you think that you're playing as, you know, the kid who died, the bite victim. But um, there's all these, like, little Easter eggs and stuff to kind of just subtly point you in the other direction and part of it the idea is that william lost one child who would often like wander away and wasn't under the proper adult supervision and stuff like that so he was gonna keep michael inside where he could see him at all times all these nanny cams around and everything.
1: Oh, which is why that one so he, bear was a camera too. He said. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: So he terrified his surviving son to staying indoors. Um healthy. But the fact that Michael in the game it's it's oh, it's like super creepy when the golden bear like shows <coughs> up, you get lines like it's me. It's mm-hmm. me um Bye. which is like implications that that's that's Evan's soul in the bear. So, and there's footprints that lead to and from his window and stuff like that. It's this is heavily implied.
0: And there would have been footprints that led all the way away cuz I would not have been there. Uh-uh. <laughs>
2: to be fair, you would not make animatronics. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's true. I'm saying if I was like a person who went to the park or mm. whatever it is,
2: the park the diner, is the pizzeria, diner? Okay,
0: so <laughs> the theme park, the diner, whatever it is. Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> basically pizza cheese. If I would have walked my ass in there and there's animatronics looking like that and snapping open and closed bye. That's fair. Yeah, that's how you live in a Though, video game.
2: I will say when you when you see the sorry for paper rustling visual aids when you see these. When we went to Chuck E. Cheese as kids, we didn't think those scary looking bastards looked terrifying either. I mean, and this is for well, it's the not that they look
0: terrifying. It's just like they also didn't open up with like springs and shit to <laughs> en- <laughs> encapsulate souls. Well, you so. weren't supposed
2: to be able to see that from the outside.
0: Mm.
2: Also, hold that thought. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so, William spirals. He begins to look to the bottle to soothe his wary soul. I'm sure driving past the grave of his dead kid every day didn't really smooth He's over the motherfucker
1: that. that buried him in the woods. Right. But
2: I'm, that's what like, I'm saying, let's though. Let's just bury
1: like, this so I, my business can continue to thrive.
2: But that's what oh, I'm wait, saying. Where well, uh, like, I put him?
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> I know the
0: stretch of road that I drive every fucking day. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah.
2: That's exactly the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> that did not make it easier to not become an alcoholic. <laughs>
1: At well, like, least he
2: had a reason. Yeah, uh, sure. At least he had a reason. (laughs) Hold that thought. (laughs) So one rainy night, William has too much to drink. He gets kicked out of his usual bar. I was about to say his own place. (laughs) So he drives his drunk ass back to the diner with nowhere else to go. And he finds a pretty depressing sight. Charlotte, better known as Charlie... Henry's daughter, she's standing in the rain, locked outside of her own family's business by bullies who laugh and jeer in the dry, warm restaurant. But Charlie never does make it back inside. While trying to find a way back in, she enters the back alley where she's viciously attacked by William Afton drunk and consumed by rage and the injustice of life, taking his child away, but leaving Henry's right there in front of him. Inside that security puppet installed by Henry rushes out to try to protect his daughter, Mm. but the rain causes the bot to malfunction and it can't reach her in time. As Charlie dies, her soul escapes and possesses the puppet, holding on to her just a bit too late. And the very machine that was supposed to keep her and other children safe becomes the home for her soul.
0: Mm-mm-mm.
2: There's no evidence of the crime, nothing to link the so-called random act of violence to William.
0: No cameras.
2: There's like tire tracks. Like we know that he drove off from the cut scenes, but the police don't find any evidence.
0: Did they know how to do their jobs? We don't know what happened. Well What's these you see on the it was it was a white know.
1: family that owned a business.
0: So. Right, it's
2: two white families. Should yeah. For, yeah. Should
0: we follow these uh I don't know
1: Hatfields and McCoys?
0: These cross marks on the ground. I don't know what those things are. Better just chalk it up.
2: Henry is suspicious, but that aside, the crime goes unsolved. So with a double dose of tragedy, two dead kids hitting both owners, the diner closes. Mm In 1985, Freddy Fazbear's Pizza has still been open and operating, and the old animatronics are retired to its storage rooms. So the Golden Freddy and the Spring Bonnie, they're in storage. But... Afton's experiments grew, leading to him building out his own home workshop. He pursued Afton Robotics for the projects unfit for Freddy Fazbear's. And Michael, meanwhile, continues to suffer from guilt and nightmares in the background. And then Clara Afton, their wife and mother, is abandoned to fend for herself. Eventually. She gives up trying. William won't come out of his room or his workshop, and they get a divorce. Good for them. How progressive!
1: This was the eighties.
2: Yeah. I literally heard you saying that in my head while I was writing. Not
0: staying together for the kids in the eighties is
2: very. The key to
1: happiness is divorce.
2: I mean. Okay. So now the Afton family is down to a family of three. William, his eldest son, Michael, and his daughter, Elizabeth. And then, June 26, 1985. The beginning of what is dubbed as the Missing Children's Incident sparks fear in the local community. Ravel, ravel, ravel rubble, rubble. Was that... Was that the character from...
1: Chowder? <laughs> no, that was just an angry mob. <laughs>
2: okay. Rabble, 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 rabble,
1: rabble.
0: I got it. I was with you. Rubber, rubber.
2: Susie, a guest of Fazbear's Pizza, is lured into the back of the pizzeria, past employee-only signs and the bright, warm colors of party balloons and singing animatronics. She sees a new character, a bunny, but gold. Mm. Spring Bonnie leads her to a safe room. Safe because no animatronics can enter it. But he isn't just an animatronic. His suit is special, spring-locked and with room for an adult man inside, William.
0: Who comes up with these things?
2: Psychopaths. And also people who just want to entertain children like Henry Emily. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the two first names for me. I can't...
1: And one of them's a woman's name. Right. <laughs>
0: it's
1: like... Uh...
2: Okay. I know your story's tragic, but it just can't get over your name. Man. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Five children die. Right there in the restaurant. Instantly. And each child is hidden away. Their bodies never to be found, despite all investigations that follow.
1: I mean, police are terrible at their jobs. These were That's all I'm saying.
2: That's you, all I'm saying.
1: These were pretty bad. You,
2: you did point that out, that post-Charlie as well.
1: Yeah.
2: And where did William hide the bodies? Right there, inside Fazbear. Mm -mm. Right there, inside the mechanical suits built to entertain children. The suits only he regularly maintained. Susie, his first victim, possesses Chica. Fritz, the second, is inside Foxy. Jeremy is in Bonnie. Gabriel is inside Freddy. And then there's the fifth, the most violent, the body mangled, messy, Cassidy. William shoved her into an inactive suit, the broken and discarded gold-furred Fredbear. I thought the other kid was in Fredbear. He was. So you have potentially There's two, two f- fred bears well no you have potentially you have two, two dead children in one suit and but it's a suit that can't move cuz it's like it's broken and discarded and stuff
1: and smelly it can't point. move by it's not powered by the soul of dead children
2: no it's too broken the suit itself is too broken that no. it doesn't matter Aren't we all it's not like zombie style where you can shoot off like part of it and it'll just keep like crawling toward you walking dead style <laughs> like it just it can't move um This was horrifically poetic um, because Cassidy was the most violent death. Her body was, like, beyond anything, yeah. So it's extra fucked up that he was like, ah, I'll just put it in the worst suit then. I ran out of good ones anyway. (laughs) It's not going anywhere,
0: and
1: neither is she.
2: Can't put Um, it in my suit. This is the one I'm murdering in. (laughs) I gotta wear that. Yeah.
1: Nobody's gonna notice these mangled children stuffed (laughs) inside of... Animals. Who would?
2: Hold that thought again. <laughs> <laughs> Only circumstantial evidence connected William to the disappearances. He missed key alibis and was a primary business operator, granting him opportunity. But the golden bunny suit never removed its mask and security footage to reveal the person underneath. And the bodies of the children themselves were never found. There wasn't enough to hold him. So William walks free. Important and disturbing to note that complaints of the smell wafting off the animatronics were plentiful. But no one investigated the bots themselves. Who would? Henry knows better, though. He sees the writing on the walls, understands the implications of the crimes better than anyone. He knows the loss of a child to unhinged violence. So Henry outs William from Fazbear's company, and shuts down the pizza restaurant for two years, while he seeks improvements to the animatronics, something that can guarantee the safety of children. And that is where we will end part one.
1: Another animatronic. I am just, like, did did background checks not exist in the 1980s? They did not. No, nobody did them.
2: Well, there wouldn't have been anything in his background check. He opened the company with them already. And he hadn't killed before, and he was never convicted of anything, which is
1: great. What can I say? He was good at what he did. Did common sense not exist in the 80s?
2: (laughs) No. What's
1: that
0: smell? Where are all those
1: kids that were here before? (laughs) What are those puddles of blood leaking out of those animatronics?
2: You do have to admit, when you find those newspaper newspaper clippings in the games – It has a very, like, effective, creepy horror effect. When you try to put it together as a full, like, chronological story, you're like, why didn't they investigate the smelly things, though? (laughs) (laughs) But in the game, it was just really creepy because it's like, yeah, these things keep trying to kill you. They smell really bad. Some people say, like, death itself. Also, some kids went missing. Why did you not connect those two things?
0: <laughs> Why not leave with
2: that? Yeah, thing? in the game you're just like, dead kids are trying to kill me, dead kids are trying to kill me. When you put it together in a story, you're like, wait a minute. What were the popo doing with their tax dollar paychecks? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nothing.
2: But yeah, so things are going to ramp up next time quite a bit.
1: To the extreme. But we
2: ended on the, the incident that the first game gives you background on.
1: So the police show up and give them the whole... Our work here is done.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, we've been getting some complaints. Our work here is done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we are up to um, – let's keep keep our counter going for you guys. We have seven confirmed deaths. Kills. Well, six of which were intentional kills, one of which was an accident, Evan. Jeez. The first one was an accident. Um And – What am I doing? What am I continuing to do?
0: (laughs) (laughs) What am I not stopping?
2: (laughs) And with those seven deaths, we have six possessed, (laughs) horrifying animatronics. Six? Yeah, because the the puppet and Golden Freddy.
1: But they can't move, so they're harmless.
2: All right. I don't know how to outro this, you guys. See you next time. (laughs)
0: You're still listening? Get out of here. This episode's over.
2: Uh, But first, pull over.
0: And Google that.
2: Yeah. You learned nothing. You have nothing to share. (laughs) I learned the cops suck and the 80s were crazy. (laughs) (laughs) You
0: You guys seen
2: any children? Oh, I smell pizza.
0: Right. (laughs) Hey, are those animatronics? Cool.
2: Those games and a show? (laughs) I'm going to bring little Timmy here. Seems like a great place. Way
1: better than uh, Chucky's. You know, they won't let you in if you don't have a child.
0: (laughs) I did not know that.
2: And on that note...
1: Come back later. Excuse me, I found this child. Can I
2: come in now? (laughs) I just want some fucking pizza. You might look a little worse for wear, but I found him in one of your suits.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You got nobody to blame but yourself on that one. The bourbons
1: that drunk and the dragons are clean We'll meet you here next week to do it again
2: So Evan's older brother, Michael delightful, psychopathic son-of-a-child murderer and his friends. Oh, wait, that was a spoiler. I forgot I changed my notes around. Well, you didn't fun. hear that. You didn't hear that. Well, I'm oh. not going to ever play the game, so. It do- well, no, it means for the story. I'm restarting, and you didn't hear shit. No, I know.
1: Good. I'm probably going to forget
2: it anyway. Good. <laughs> Drink <it. laughs> Good. Drink
1: up. It's poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Original music by Maria Vincent and art by something by LP. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ddb.podcast. You may also email us at dragonsdrinkbourbon at gmail.com. This is very, this is very confusing.